Welcome to China Biz Connect, the podcast that explores the fast-changing landscape of business-to-business sales and marketing in China, with your hosts Tim Lindeman and Michael Bragan. Today, Tim and I will be discussing the topic "Why China," laying the foundation for the China Biz Connect podcast. We'll be looking at this question from the perspective of growing technology companies who are looking to expand their businesses internationally. Before we get to the subject of China, it is worth spending a moment thinking about why so many technology firms go global. There are several reasons why companies do this. In today's hyper-connected world, it has never been easier to access international markets. And even if your firm is based in the U.S., which is a huge technology market, it is important to consider that more than seventy percent of the world's purchasing power is outside of the U.S. Regardless of where you're located, you are in a race to acquire customers as rapidly as possible, so you can scale your business and have the resources to invest in the development of future technologies. In addition, by expanding your business territory, you'll be widening the field of potential business collaborators and the ideas and energy that they can contribute to your solutions and the competitive environment. Without a doubt, the decision to address a foreign market requires careful consideration. In some cases, there are costs of adapting your solution to a new set of requirements in a different geography. These costs must be well understood and balanced against the opportunity value of a larger footprint. For example, if you are selling a product that is built to address the workflows and regulations of local business, you must think through how it applies in the target overseas market and how you'll address the gaps between the two. We believe the answer to this question is yes. You should carefully consider China in your global expansion plans. In this episode, we will discuss some of the reasons why China is a market that deserves your attention, including China's enormous economy and demographic scale, China as a hub for urban development, China as an emerging center for innovation, and China's position situated in the heart of Southeast Asia, which is the world's fastest-growing region. And projected to be home to two thirds of the global middle class by 2030. At the same time, China is a very challenging market, especially for technology companies. So the decision to go to China does require careful thought. In particular, China is still a developing market, and not all tech products and services are a good fit. China is very different culturally and politically. And China's remarkable growth in the past is no guarantee of a bright future. Today, we will examine these points in greater detail. In future episodes, we'll highlight details and provide a balanced perspective of the opportunities and threats for tech companies doing business in China. Today, we'll focus on why China deserves your careful consideration. Later in the series, we'll address questions such as. Which industries and segments are showing the greatest potential in China, and why? What are the risks and costs of building a business in China, and how to mitigate them? What to expect on the ground in China as you set up operations, and how to maximize benefit? Let's begin our analysis of the opportunity for foreign tech companies in China by taking a quick look at how China got to where it is today. After a long period of poverty and isolation, 
China's leadership changed course and embraced reform. At the same time, globalization was just beginning to ramp up, and China greatly benefited by providing inexpensive and reliable labor to companies in the developed world looking to increase their profits. China's economy exploded as a result, and during the 40 years of reform up to today, China's economy grew 40-fold, from $305 billion to $12.7 trillion U.S. dollars. As this was happening, foreign tech companies saw the opportunity of providing technology to support the growing Chinese economy. Leading global firms like Microsoft, IBM, Oracle, SAP, and Apple all invested in China, building up sizable Chinese marketing organizations as well as research centers. But not all tech companies who invested in China have been successful. This is particularly the case in the internet space, where notable losers include Google, eBay, Uber, and arguably Amazon. And many other internet companies such as Facebook, Twitter, and Dropbox haven't formally entered the market yet. There are many reasons for these successes and failures that we hope to explore in later episodes. One overarching challenge is the protective nature of the Chinese Communist Party and its ambitions to control the flow of information. Let's turn now to the current state of business for tech companies on the ground in China. The American Chamber of Commerce, or AmCham, in China publishes an annual China Business Climate Survey Report that provides a high-level look at the performance and concerns of U.S. companies doing business in China. The report also looks at important sectors of the economy and provides stats on the technology sector. It's a great source of information because its data comes directly from member companies instead of relying on data from the Chinese government. The January 2018 report summarizes the climate as having a mood of cautious optimism. And while the growth rate is considerably lower than in the previous decade, the new normal rate of growth is still faster than in developed countries and is sustainable for the foreseeable future, providing opportunities for business to expand. In general, American companies operating in China are healthy, with a large majority reporting that their businesses are profitable and growing. Across all of the industries covered, the report is most optimistic about the tech industry. 96% of the surveyed companies expect increased growth, and many expect rapid growth to occur. The companies surveyed think the investment environment has improved consistently over the last decade, and there is a muted but growing confidence in the Chinese government's commitment to open its economy. However, there is still a long way to go, and the progress has been much slower than hoped for when China entered the WTO and companies flooded into the China market making huge investments. Since that period of peak interest around 2006 to 2010, foreign companies have been gradually reducing their investments in China. One reason is that the world has not been standing still, and other fast-growing and low-cost international markets have emerged as an alternative to China. A small but significant percent of the companies surveyed have moved some of their capacity out of China or are considering doing so. The recent tariffs have made costs of importing goods from China even higher, providing greater incentive to move. 
It's impossible to talk about the tech business in China without addressing the thorny issue of intellectual property rights and protection. There's some good news about this. Virtually all of the AmCham China members agree that IP rights enforcement has been stable or improving in recent years. Nevertheless, risks of IP leakage and data security threats in China remain more common than in more developed markets. Another long-standing issue is fair treatment of foreign entities, a strong indicator of how easy or difficult it is to do business in a country. It's a fact that foreign companies report feeling less welcome in China today than in the past. This sentiment is especially strong with technology companies whose biggest concerns are restrictions on market participation, unbalanced enforcement of rules and regulations, government financial support to domestic firms, licensing requirements, and public procurement regulations and behaviors. While the AmCham report shows that investment plans are declining, it also makes clear that the majority of firms surveyed are continuing to invest in China, though at a slower rate than in the past. This long-term commitment makes sense given the overall growth and profitability of American businesses in China. We'd like to conclude our summary of the current state of business on the ground in China by looking at the top opportunities and challenges for tech companies reported in the AmCham China report. Top opportunities include digital technologies, in particular e-commerce and Internet Plus, which is a new business model where traditional industries align themselves with technology and the Internet. Expanding business to cover more of China's domestic market, much of which has been overlooked as foreign companies have focused on the more developed coastal cities in China, but there are many opportunities to expand inland. And the growth in domestic consumption and the rise of an increasingly sizable and affluent middle class. This trend will feed into the growth of business-to-business -business sales opportunities to support the growing consumption in all sectors of the economy. The top challenges voiced by foreign tech companies operating in China include inconsistent regulatory interpretation and unclear laws, rising labor costs, increasing Chinese protectionism, regulatory compliance risks, difficulty obtaining required licenses, and a shortage of qualified employees. In short, the overall state of business for foreign tech companies on the ground in China is stable. China remains a very challenging market, and the tech companies that are successful there have a long-term view. China may not be the number one priority for international expansion, but tech companies continue to make investment in the market and are growing rapidly. So, okay, there's a lot of evidence that the China market is difficult. Why, then, do we say that China must be on the radar for tech companies looking to expand internationally? At the top of the list is the sheer market size, both in population and economic activity. An article published by the research firm McKinsey highlights these superlatives. By 2017, China accounted for 15% of world GDP. It overtook the United States to become the world's largest economy in purchasing power parity terms in 2014. And in nominal terms, China's GDP was 64% that of the United States in 2017, 
making it the second largest economy in the world. Furthermore, McKinsey argues that China's growth story is far from over. The authors draw comparisons between China in 2017 and Japan in 1995, when that was the world's second largest economy. They write, Since the mid-1990s, Japan has struggled to achieve significant growth momentum. China is different. It has a large population on relatively low incomes and plenty of room for further urbanization and productivity gains, enabling further income growth. If realized, these gains could propel China to become not only the world's largest economy and manufacturer, but also its largest investor and market. The fact that China has a lower urbanization rate than high-income economies is somewhat counterintuitive to foreigners who have spent significant time in China. When you're in China, it is very easy to become enamored by the megacities with skyscrapers that rise higher than those in developed countries, and transportation systems and telecommunication networks that have leapfrogged what we have in the West. This urban development is a large driver for the economy and requires sophisticated information systems to support all aspects of urban life. Due in part to the size of the economy, its rapid growth, and superior infrastructure, China has attracted many multinational businesses who have made big investments in the country. China serves two primary purposes for many of these businesses. First, as a global manufacturing hub, and second, as a large consumer market to realize new sales growth. These multinationals also require sophisticated technology platforms to run their businesses. And many of the foreign tech vendors who have entered the China market focus on selling to these multinationals. The story of China as a large and growing market with excellent infrastructure is yesterday's news. What's interesting today is how China is beginning to create a future for itself based on innovation. Observers see this in all facets of life, both commercial and personal, a unique mix of Chinese culture among its modern urban landscapes. Chinese entrepreneurs have borrowed many of the features from Western internet technology and calibrated them to meet the needs of Chinese consumers. In some ways, this has advanced the penetration of new technologies far beyond what we have seen in the West. The most pronounced examples of this can be seen in e-commerce and mobile payments. Cash has become a thing of the past. Almost anything or any service can be delivered in a matter of hours, not days, and apps provide a seamless extension of the physical world. Mobile payments is a formidable area and is creating its own significant infrastructure. Close to 700 million users in China rely on mobile payment. The number of daily mobile transactions on WeChat and Alipay exceeded 300 million last year. This has been and continues to change the landscape of commerce across the country. I personally can remember traveling to China two years ago and going to a restaurant I frequently visited when I used to live in China. Everything about the restaurant was the same as it always was, except there was a QR code on every table, and instead of ordering from a waiter, you now were expected to use a WeChat mini program on your phone. When I attempted to call over a waiter, there was an awkward moment when I felt like a visitor from another planet, being taught how to download the program, order the food, 
and make the payment through the app. I later found out that it wasn't just at this one restaurant, but almost every restaurant I visited in the city of Guangzhou. Well, Tim, it's good to hear that quality and breadth of food options remain strong, no doubt bolstered by all of this e-commerce. Something else that I'd like to point out is China's strategic location in the geographic center of the Asia-Pacific region, arguably the most significant region of the world in the 21st century. Graham Brown at asiamattersinstitute.org has focused his career on connecting the world to what he believes is the Asian century and recently published a presentation outlining why Asia matters. Some of the impressive statistics in his presentation include more people live in Southeast Asia, including India, than the rest of the world combined. This region has a $27 trillion economy, which is 50% bigger than the EU and US together. This region's GDP growth is on average twice as fast as the West. And by 2050, it is projected that four out of five of the world's largest economies will be in this region, including China, Japan, India, and Indonesia. China understands the opportunity of a growing Asia and is investing in its Belt and Road Initiative, looking to bring know-how and investment capital to build modern infrastructure throughout the region. Greater Asia is also the first destination for innovative Chinese firms that are looking to expand internationally, including tech giants like Alibaba, Tencent, and Xiaomi. In short, the China of today is a huge market with significant room for growth. It is considered to be a stable environment by many multinationals who have established businesses there. It has mega cities and cutting edge infrastructure. Chinese firms are applying technology in new and innovative ways. And China is strategically positioned in the center of the exploding Southeast Asia region. All of this shows that China is a significant market worthy of careful consideration by tech companies looking to expand their business internationally. But when we are thinking about the possibility of investing our time and money to enter this market, we should also consider the China of tomorrow. Of course, predicting the future is incredibly challenging and is not something that either Michael or I believe ourselves qualified to do. However, there are a couple of trends that are very persuasive to us when thinking about the future. The first trend is globalization. Humanity's advance in technology has made the world a very small place, and the cost of doing business in the far reaches of the world continues to decline. Thomas Friedman of the New York Times argues, the forces of globalization have made the world flatter, and it is becoming a level playing field in terms of commerce, where all competitors have an equal opportunity. China has benefited greatly from globalization, and unless Western governments fundamentally restrict opportunities to capitalists, money will continue to flow to regions of the world where there are greater opportunities for growth. China, with its lower per capita income and lower levels of urbanization, remains an attractive growth market for these global capitalists. Globalization feeds into a second megatrend. Observers of trajectories for long-term commerce and power balances, 
refer to ongoing recalibration of the international economy with the return of China and India to their historical positions in the world order. The website visualcapitalist.com presents a fascinating economic history chart which compares major powers by their share of the global economic value over the past 2,000 years. For most of that time, China and India made up the majority of the world's GDP. During the subsequent 200 years, driven by the Industrial Revolution, the bulk of this power shifted to the United States and a few other industrialized nations. What is striking is that over the last 50 years, with the rise in globalization, the pendulum is swinging back to China and India. Through the middle of last century, new technologies gave huge advantages to a relatively small portion of the world's population. Today, in this much flatter world, equilibrium is returning. Much of the world's economic opportunity is in Asia, which has the greatest concentration of population. The tectonic changes brought about by globalization and the rebalancing of the international system are of great concern for countries in the West that are accustomed to being in a position of control. It remains to be seen how far governments will go in attempting to maintain their positions of relative power. Reactionary policies, tariffs, and heavy-handed tactics are part of today's trade landscape, but conventional wisdom indicates that the tide is turning. The world is very different than when the U.S. was the single dominant superpower. The leading companies that drive the world economy are truly global, belonging to no particular country or region. It is unlikely that this trend will reverse anytime soon. All the more reason for commercial entities to strategize accordingly. We've talked about a lot of compelling aspects of China's economy. But what does this all mean for technology companies in particular? In order to understand the opportunities for foreign firms in China's tech market, it is useful to break the industry down into smaller segments. One way to do this is to divide the industry into four quadrants, with end users, consumer tech versus enterprise tech on one axis, and technology depth, core tech versus applied tech on the other axis. The consumer tech side of the market is especially challenging for foreign tech firms because it is highly regulated and costly to go after such a vast market. The segment where foreign tech firms have done moderately well is on the core tech side of the consumer market, with successful examples including Microsoft Windows, Adobe, and Google Android. Applied consumer tech, on the other hand, is dominated by Chinese firms and includes the internet giants Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, as well as hardware companies like Xiaomi, Huawei, and Lenovo. In general, the consumer tech market is really hard for foreign companies, unless you have tons of money to spend and have excellent relations with the various Chinese government agencies tightly regulating and censoring consumer tech. Here's the good news for foreign vendors. Great opportunities in China abound for enterprise technologies. China is still very much a developing market when it comes to these. A Gartner analyst that we spoke with thinks China is at least five years behind the U.S. when it comes to enterprise tech. Certainly, this advantage is eroding in some sectors. For example, China is on par with and may exceed 
more developed markets in artificial intelligence, public cloud, 5G, and autonomous vehicles. But by and large, Chinese adoption of enterprise technology lags behind other markets. We see the greatest opportunity in the core tech side of the enterprise market. The West, and in particular the U.S., maintains a leadership position in operating systems, databases, middleware, programming languages, development tools and frameworks, as well as microprocessors. Chinese competitors prefer to focus on the application side, where they can add value to foreign core technologies through customization. They win business by tailoring applications to the special requirements of Chinese businesses, the emerging regulatory environment, and their workflow habits. Chinese firms have a natural advantage on the application side because they're closer to the demand side than foreign competitors. Focusing here is also less risky because it doesn't require the substantial research and development needed to produce underlying core technology. Also, Chinese firms typically have more limited access to world-class computer scientists and the engineers needed to develop core technology. In short, there are good opportunities in China's high-tech market for foreign technology vendors, particularly in the core enterprise tech segment. There are also opportunities for IT service companies who possess specialized capabilities built around core foreign tech. This podcast will examine China's tech market in greater detail in future episodes. We've covered a lot of ground in this first episode, and we'd like to conclude by returning to the original question we started with. As a growing tech company, should we consider going into the China market? Michael and I believe the answer to this question is a clear yes. China is a market that technology companies should consider carefully when going global. China is simply too big a piece of the global market to ignore. At the same time, China is a very challenging market, requiring careful consideration and expert guidance. Through China BizConnect, we will provide detailed background information and expert guidance. The goal is to help you determine if your firm's technology and services are right for the China market, and if so, how best to proceed in approaching the opportunity. In addition to our analysis and commentary, we will be speaking with a variety of experienced trailblazers and guides so we can consider a variety of views covering different technologies, market segments, and aspects of doing business in China. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Music for the podcast is performed by the Chinese experimental rock band, Chui Wan. We would love to hear your feedback, ideas, or any questions you might have. Feel free to reach out to us in any way you feel comfortable. Connect with us on LinkedIn or follow us on Twitter. Also visit our website, chinabizconnect.com, where you can view show notes with links to many of the resources we discussed during the episode and sign up for our newsletter. Please subscribe to China Biz Connect on iTunes or your favorite place to get podcasts. If you enjoy the show, give us a positive rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.